First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are your Broncos beat reporters for the Denver Post. We are doing a post-game edition of the pod. The Broncos have fallen in week two of the regular season, 16-14. to 14. Uh, Begin the year 0-2 for the first time since 1999. Not the sort of history you want to set, Ryan. Uh, this was a weird one. About three quarters of some of the most boring NFL football you'll ever watch. And then we got a fourth quarter, while not great for Broncos country, uh, at least provided some drama and some excitement down the stretch for uh, a finish that, frankly, I really haven't seen covering yeah. the NFL in my short time, I'll say. Yeah, the only one that matched uh, this one, and, and Flacco, Joe Flacco said, I've been part of some jacked up finishes. Well, I was at one. It was back a couple years ago, Jaguars at Ravens, and there was – a face mask on a hail like a no the Blake Bortles was scrambling around as time expired to throw a hail mary. He was face masked at midfield, fifteen yards on time down field goal to win it for the oh, Jaguars brutal. or the Ravens. This one was I mean the first three and a half quarters it was going to be like Bronco football this year. It's going to be field position. It's going to be trying to take some shots down the field which didn't happen, and play defense. Well that's a, that's a great plan if you're getting sacks and takeaways. We can get into that later, but. Um, Let's fast forward all the way to the end. That final drive, they convert a fourth and ten. They convert another fourth down, both the Cortland Sutton. Score the touchdown. First thing I saw, Vic Fangio put one finger. Say, that's universal for kicking that extra point. Next thing I know, the offense is on the field. So, delay a game. McManus misses the kick. Back to the one-yard line. Easy pickings on the two-point play. It's probably the best thing they ran all day. Flacco to Sanders. Okay, now let's go to the end. Uh, the Chubb penalty. People are gonna whine and moan about it. Well, Eddie Goldman should have been called. Shouldn't have been called for one earlier. So in essence, they evened out. The inexcusable part is fourth and fifteen. Mitch Trubisky should not be allowed to just sit back there and complete a twenty-five-yard pass. People are gonna whine about the one second. Don't let it get to that point. You know, and the Bears who've had kicking problems for eons, Pinero nails it. It's a bad loss. It's a gut punch of a loss. It's losing your home opener. It's the first 0-2 to the last 20 years. First crisis point for Vic Fangio's tenure. No doubt about it, Ryan. And let's sort of just get into several different variables of this game that led to the the downfall of the Broncos. And I'll start with Garrett Bowles. He was who I wrote about after this game. Uh, four times he's flagged for holding. Twice it's accepted by the Bears. You go back to the start of his NFL career, and this has been an issue for Garrett for a long, long time. 26 holding penalties, I think, over 30-some-plus games. Ryan, Look at some of these calls, maybe some you call ticky-tacky, one or two of them. There's one point where Bulls literally has his left arm wrapped all the way around Khalil Mack's face mask. But this is just another example of Bulls not living up to expectations as a 20th overall pick and a guy who's supposed to be protecting uh, Joe Flacco's left side. Yeah, I mean, I've seen enough, but they don't have any options. Uh, Vic Fangio said after the game, he's our, he's, he's our left tackle and he's going to be our left tackle, end quote. Well, you know, you could plug Elijah Wilkinson in there, but he's playing right tackle because Jawan James is hurt. If they think it's a lost cause, which I don't think they're there yet, I don't even think they're close to there yet, you could put Dalton Reisner out there. But do you make one position weaker to try and make another position maybe a little bit stronger? You know, is it worth the risk there? And Dalton didn't play left tackle at K-State. He played right tackle as a freshman. So that's an issue. And the thing about Bowles is he lets these things snowball. And you know, the referees will deny this till the day they die. When they see something with 72, 
they think it's a hold because the reputation precedes itself. Right. I think that has something to do with it, just like in basketball or hockey or baseball. And, and you know, you guys wait around for Bulls to get, uh, you know, schooled up. And as, as Locker, what do you have to say? Oh, you know, he sort of talked out of the both sides of his mouth. I give him credit for facing the music. I, there's probably a very large part of Garrett that did not want to talk to the media. You mentioned it. He got coached up. The PR staff was in his ear for, gosh, good 10, 15 minutes over several different increments uh, saying, hey, this is on me. I, this is a great defense. You have to play perfect against guys like this. I didn't do that. But then, to like your point, him basically saying, you know, I feel like I've been unfairly characterized as a guy who gets holding calls. Maybe that has something to do with with them coming after me. You know, he used some words like that. So some truth in that. But when you have a bad game like that, probably just better to shut your mouth and say, that's on me. I got to get better. Right. Yeah, In theory, uh, you know, this probably shattered his confidence. Uh you know, he's playing for the best O line coach in the league. If if Munchak can't fix him, then you know, then it's over. But you know, this is something worth monitoring now because if you're the Broncos right now, you got to think about a tight end there a lot, and maybe you go heavy with a sixth offensive lineman just to give him some help because the Packers are going to bring a lot of pressure. And you know, if I'm an opposing defensive play caller. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go right after this guy, see what he's got. Maybe he can get a holding penalty. So that's a mess. Um, you know, I thought, you know, Sean Keeler was going to write about Emmanuel Sanders in Monday's paper. He had 9-4. Uh, uh, looking at this, uh, 11 for 98, okay. uh, long of 21, the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Yeah, so, you know, I think Sanders made a big step forward, which I thought he would be, maybe not to that extent. But I thought getting through last week's game in Oakland, playing that many snaps, probably helped his foundation, um, you know, even though he didn't have a lot of production. But, you know, this is – I thought he was awesome today. Um, and then I, I thought Cortland Sutton really reacted well. I mean, he said, he told me after the game – well, I just did an NFL Network thing. Told me. <laughs> Exclusive to the post. Told me. Um, you know, I asked Cortland, says, hey, how important was it just to stay patient today? He says, hey, that's all you got to do. He goes, you have to be a good teammate on the sidelines. You have to keep your energy. You have to keep grinding away. And that paid off. He had all his catches in the fourth quarter. Four catches, but all were important. And, you know, one play that I'll – one play I'm going to second guess, and I'd say me and Kisler were even first guessing it. They had third and goal at the two in the fourth quarter. They had, uh, they had Sutton. It looked like man coverage – on the right side, left side, they had no fan on the right side. To me, that meant you got your option of two jump balls here, and it's third down, incomplete, kick the field goal. Uh, he went short to Sanders. Fuller came off his man. It was interception. That's a killer. I mean, this is an offensively challenged team. You cannot come away with the red zone with no points. You know, for as good as Joe Flacco's start was, you know, first 10 completions and some of the throws he meant through the Sanders, he should definitely want to have that one back, and I'm sure he does. And something that I'm sure we'll look at this week, Ryan, is just a bit of a stagnant run game. Philip Lindsay under three yards per carry in this one. Just like last week, it seemed like Royce Freeman came in, uh, gave them a bit of a jolt. He has the longest run of the day with 14 yards. He's closer to five yards per carry. But the Broncos' inability to establish that strong ground game it seems like it, it, it's an issue in the first week it's an issue now they're playing from behind That's which is thing, another yeah. part of the problem but is there any reason to think that hey there, there's some serious concerns about this run game or do you think it's mostly situational to this uh, point? i think it's situation also penalties I me mean, philip had a great 20-yard run 
Bowles had the holding call that he really didn't need to hold. He just needed to get in the way because he had Deshaun uh, serving as lead blocker. I thought Freeman was great today. Uh, he's come so far as a receiver. He's a bulldozer after the catch. And, uh, you know, I think ideally they want a 50-50 split. So this is right up their alley. You look at the touches today. You know, Phil Lindsay, you know, he needs to get outside to get going. And they're bottling them up on some of those inside runs. So it, uh, you know, maybe you, you, you sort of give Royce a little bump in playing time early in the Green Bay game because I think he deserved it. But, you know, one thing we'll be talking about, you know, throughout the week, this team cannot get a sack and they cannot get a takeaway. Last year they had at least one sack in every game. I'm tired of hearing the throw quickly thing because that wasn't Mitch Trubisky did it. He wasn't nearly like – uh, no, Clark. and Derek Wolf kind of went out on a limb to say, I'm tired of hearing about this. They're getting the ball away quickly. But, yeah, I agree with you. Today, that was not really the, the crux. Yeah, and, you know, I was stop watching every play. We'll have those findings online Monday and in the paper on Tuesday. You know, the tape don't lie, as they say. So, I mean, the Derek Carr stuff, that was legitimate. But it'd be interesting to see what Trubisky's times were on snap to release. Here's the thing. When he's throwing it quick, it's not like he's under pressure. There's not getting there. So, you know, Vic said after the game about the final sequence, well, you can't you can't get on me for rushing three. I don't know who anybody that did, Vic, because you just got here. <laughs> you know, so uh, maybe I'll look at last year's Green Bay game or something like that. But uh, maybe they do have to send a little bit more pressure. Yeah, and just let's maybe wrap up on, on kind of some 10,000-foot looks down at this game, Ryan. This is really disappointing for this team. Going in, we kind of thought this was a must-win in terms of going to Green Bay, owing to Green Bay looking really good in, in their victory against the Vikings today. Um, it just sets up for a pretty tough spot for these Broncos to make the playoffs. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but teams that start 0-2 and 0-3 got to be less than, what, 10 15%? 0-2 is hope. 0-3 is very little hope. I mean that that list is very small. I mean this has this is a this looks like five and eleven because they they're just not you know they they're not making enough plays. Maybe you know right now they're eight and a half point dog opened uh, at Green Bay, and uh, you know you can try to find silver linings here. Maybe they can force some stuff and get some takeaways, but that's going to be their offense is getting some short fields because. Even as Vic said after the game, even when they move down the field, it's a little too methodical. They have to work so dang hard, that means your margin for error is so little. For sure, and we'll be following a ton of storylines as we move forward into this next game. Uh, once again, the Broncos falling at home, 16-14 to to the Bears. A wild, wild finish. We'll not forget that fourth quarter for a long time, uh, and we will be sure to be covering all the fallout as well. On that note, we'll sign off for the First in Orange podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our digital product. Get all of your stories, uh, all of our stories emailed right to your inbox. You can also subscribe to the print edition. Get that thing delivered your front door. We will see you guys next time.